Okay, it's a beautiful gift to be able to celebrate and delight in the goodness that Jesus is alive. And Jesus will offer life to absolutely anyone who will receive it. And the interesting thing about the life that Jesus brings is it's not just any life. In John chapter 10, Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the very full. And so the life that Jesus brings to us is abundant, it is full, it is deep, it is rich, it is profound, and it is powerful. And we experience the life of Jesus in many different and unique kinds of ways. We see them in so many different parts of Scripture and so many different spaces within our lives. And this morning, we just want to look at a few different examples of the ways that Jesus brings life to us. For example, in Matthew chapter 8, we see Jesus bringing healing to a man with leprosy. Now, I want you to imagine just for a minute, what would that feel like to experience leprosy? Again, probably this man had a family. Probably he had a home. And as he was going about his everyday life, some particular experience of work one day, maybe he realized that something was wrong. There was some part of his body that just didn't feel right, but he probably dismissed it as being really nothing. And over the course of time, this feeling spread and it continued until one day he received the terrible diagnosis of leprosy, a disease that would rob him of feeling throughout his body and leave the pieces of his body broken and marred and eventually take his life. And the only way that he could work through this is to isolate himself completely to protect those that he loved most because there was no cure, there was no treatment, there was absolutely nothing that could be done. And so he needed to leave his family to fend for themselves and head off into some remote place where he would never experience physical contact with anyone else ever again. And as he's in this place, cast out without hope and unsure of how to move forward, somehow he hears about Jesus. And he manages to find Jesus, and as he sees him, he cries out to him, Oh, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Crying out in this deep sense of desperation, Lord, if you are willing, you can wash me clean. You can free me from this life sentence, this death sentence, and move me forward. And now Jesus could have healed him by just speaking the words. But Jesus realized how much this man had been dehumanized, that he had simply become his disease in the eyes of the people around him, and maybe even in his own eyes. And Jesus sees that he is a unique person created in the image of God. And maybe it's been years since anyone has touched him. And so Jesus reaches out his hand and touches the man and says, I am willing, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left his body and he was freed and he was made whole. And the healing that Jesus brings to him is not just a physical healing, it is an abundant, a rich, a full healing because Jesus heals him socially, he heals him emotionally, he heals him physically, he gives him back this life that was stolen from him. And the beautiful thing is that so many of us today could testify of the ways that God has touched us and healed us in areas of our brokenness. We also recognize that for many of us there are areas of our lives where we are still longing for an experience of healing from Jesus. And today we get to celebrate this really good news that the fullness of the life of Jesus meets us in our broken places and brings a sense of healing. Another really great example that we see in the Gospels is the story of the Samaritan woman at the well. And now for reasons that we're not told, this woman has been married five times and the man she's currently with is not her husband either. And she's going up to the well in the heat of the day, living in a desert. And what we can learn from this is that Well, one, Jesus and this woman would have had some tension there because the Jews and Samaritans were unfriendly to each other. We also see that this woman has been rejected and discarded multiple times, likely leading to a life of being a social outcast, poor, someone with little freedoms, and a lot of shame. She would have had a difficult life. And she's going up to this well with an empty jug, which I think shows us more than just her physical need, but it gives us a depiction of a full depletion of herself. Yet Jesus meets her at this well and engages in a conversation with her, which in itself is truly a remarkable thing. 
But through this conversation, Jesus identifies he knows her. He knows her story. He knows the details of her life. And even so, he offers her something that he calls living water. Something so fulfilling and satisfying that she would never go thirsty again. And then Jesus goes on to tell her that, you know, there's going to be a day coming when worshiping God isn't going to be constrained to certain places. It's not going to be restricted to special people. But every person is going to have equal opportunity to worship God through spirit and truth. And I, the one talking to you now, I am the promised Messiah. And this day is coming now. This woman responds with a burst of overwhelming joy. She leaves her jug of water behind because she's no longer concerned with that physical matter. She has received something greater. She runs back down to her community, racing through the streets, declaring, Come see a man who has told me everything that I've ever done. Could this be the Messiah? Now let's remember the story that she's yelling through the streets is a story that she just very recently would hold very close and secret to her. Yet something distinct happened in her conversation with Jesus where her circumstances were no longer as much of a concern to her now. Because Jesus offered her inclusion into a greater community. An, e an eternal community, a worshiping community. A fullness of life that she could only have dreamed of before. And because Jesus is alive, he's offering us the same opportunity as well. We celebrate Jesus' life to the full because he's including us. And the amazing thing about this fullness of life that Jesus brings, is it also flows through the lives of his followers. For example, the Apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And when we look at Paul's life, he had this amazing career. We can understand why he would say this. Paul preached in countless places. He started churches across continents. The presence of God moved and flowed through him in such a way that he could heal and perform miraculous things. And so we look at that and say, of course, Paul would say, I can do everything through God who gives me strength. But the interesting thing is that when Paul wrote these words, he wasn't doing amazing things. Paul was in prison, unjustly held and awaiting an execution. And through the course of Paul's life, he could testify that the presence of God in him was powerful enough to move in miraculous and life-changing and seemingly successful things. And the presence of God in his life was also enough when things weren't as they should be, when things were hard or painful, when he was restricted when he was pushed back, when he was unjustly held, when he couldn't go and do the things that he wanted to do, when he prayed and the circumstances did not change and he was not released, he recognized that the presence of God, even in those situations, was more than enough to empower him to serve God faithfully, to continue to bless others, to encourage them, to minister to them, because this is the abundant power of God. The abundant power of God that meets us in miraculous movement and life-transforming power, and the power of God that also meets us in the moments of our lives when pain and darkness push in and crush against us, bringing us perseverance and strength and hope and compassion. In the midst of our darkest moments and our darkest days, the fullness of the life of Jesus is still enough to meet us and to minister in these places. And today we have this amazing gift of celebrating the awesome power of God that even in the midst of dark circumstances and hard places in our lives, when we face death or uncertainty or disappointment, he is still more than enough to empower us and to strengthen us to serve him faithfully and to live a life that is abundant all of the way through. And today we celebrate this abundant life of Jesus that meets us even in the midst of our hard places. And one of the common difficulties that we have is doubting that Jesus will show up for us. So let's consider for a moment what this would have looked like for the disciples the moment they first realized that Jesus was alive from the, 
from the grave, when Jesus appeared to them and shows them the physical evidence, the marks in his wrists, the wound in his side, and says, I am alive. But one person missed out on this experience. Thomas, yes, doubting Thomas, just literally wasn't in the room when all of this happened. Now talk about some FOMO. I mean, I feel for Thomas. Not only is he wrestling with, is this story that he's heard about true or not, he's wrestling with the ideas of being missed, left out, forgotten, unnoticed, unimportant. And all of these feelings are feeding into his sense of himself, uh, this idea of wanting to minimize the experience other people have had, wanting to embrace his own doubts. And we read that Thomas sat like this for eight days. Eight days he just sat there waiting and wondering, but then after these eight days, Jesus again appeared to his disciples, and yes, Thomas was in the room this time, and Jesus directs his attention towards Thomas. He says, come, see, and feel, know that I am here. Stop doubting and believe. To which Thomas can now finally exclaim, my Lord and my God. It's easy to be hard on Thomas, but he did something very simple and very significant in that moment. He chose to remain. In the midst of his doubts, in the midst of his self-pity, he remained with those who believed. Now, we wrestle with doubt when the answers that we have just don't satisfy the questions that are in front of us. And it puts a fork in the road for us, where one, we can either just choose to abandon the questions, to abandon our beliefs because they just don't make sense, or we can choose to turn towards God, recognizing that he is leading us into a fuller, into a deeper understanding of himself. And when we turn towards God, we will discover the truth. Now, Thomas's story ends like this. Jesus is talking to Thomas and tells him, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And then it goes on to say that, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, and we've only talked about a couple of them this morning. But these ones that are recorded are here so that we might believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that by believing we may have life in his name. Yes, Thomas missed out on one experience, but that did not exclude him from receiving all that Jesus wanted to fill him with. And there's an invitation for us in here as well that when we acknowledge our doubts, when we acknowledge our insecurities, our shortcomings, our hesitations, our anxieties, and turn them towards Jesus. He is able to fill us far more than we could ever imagine. We celebrate Jesus' life to the full because he meets us in our doubts. I mean, today being Easter is all about the fact that Jesus is alive, that he has rose from the dead, that death couldn't hold him, that he has come forward in victorious and life-transforming power. As we hear these stories, sometimes we think that this only applies to those people a long time ago. But the fullness of life in Jesus continues to pour into our lives today. I recognize that Jesus continues to meet me with the fullness of life that he offers to me. For most of my life, I have wrestled with fear. And for many years of my life, I wrestled with anxiety. There's just so much fear in my existence. And Jesus has and continues to meet me in these places. He didn't do it all at once in one miraculous movement. But the way that Jesus met me here was slow, and it was gracious, and it was gentle. As I got to know Jesus more, it began to melt the fear within my heart because I realized the level of his compassion and his love and his unconditional care for me, whether I was knocking it, whether I was getting everything right or not. 
He led me through the process to confess and process and work through and find freedom from the areas where I was struggling in sin so that I wouldn't be afraid of my own brokenness and so that I wouldn't feel like I have anything to hide or anything to be ashamed of. He walked me through the process of forgiving the people who have hurt me and he continues to lead me on a journey to heal the places where I have been wounded so that I don't live in fear of being hurt all over again. This is the amazing goodness of the power of God. There are still moments where I'm afraid and times where I feel anxious, but they no longer rule my life because the presence of Jesus continues to meet me there. And as I journey with him, he takes me deeper and further into the abundance of his life to the full. And I think that for so many of us, we lack this sense of peace. We feel like we are racing and rushing from one thing to another, never profoundly satisfied. But today we get to celebrate this amazing good news that the fullness of life that Jesus brings meets us in our fear and in our anxiety, and he produces a life-giving sense of peace. One of the things that I have often struggled with is kind of my own hesitations on acting on an opportunity that I believe the Spirit has brought towards me. Now, a clear example of what this has looked like is I would see someone in need on the street, and my conviction would be, well, I should stop and engage with this person. And then I would start strategizing. It's like, okay, do I just say hi? Do I offer to pray for them? Should I offer something practical like food or money? But if I offer them money, what are they going to do with it? But if I offer them something spiritual without something practical, are they going to receive it? And what if? And how about? And I would find myself, considering the good thing that I was going to do, completely walking past the person without ever actually doing anything good at all. And what Jesus revealed to me through this was that my own sense of self-righteousness, superiority, working in my own ability was actually crippling me from being able to care for the people in my own community. What it required of me was being able to confess these things and ask Jesus' spirit to fill me anew. And it broke that threshold of being able to take that first step without hesitation. The results were trading anxiousness for excitement over what opportunities are going to come next. Guilt and shame over satisfaction knowing that I did my part in saying yes and trusting that Jesus is going to continue to be at work. Not worrying about what I'm going to offer, but just being willing to offer what I have in the moment. And the results are that I've been able to see a lot of beautiful smiles from these newer interactions that I've had with people in our community. I think we often doubt that there is more for us. But when we consider the grand scope that is in the power of the resurrection, I think we'd be foolish to say that we have received all that we can. We celebrate Jesus' life to the full because he empowers us to step out. Today's all about this life-giving celebration that Jesus is alive. And because Jesus is alive, we have the opportunity to experience life to the very full. And I'm wondering if you're here this morning and you're desiring to experience this fullness of life for the first time that you want to confess that Jesus is Lord, that you want to receive the free gifts of forgiveness and fullness of life that he is offering. And if that is where you are this morning, if you are ready to begin a relationship with Jesus, I would like to, uh, to invite you to pray with me now. And then after we pray, I would encourage you to share this news with someone, someone you're sitting beside, someone who's serving out after the service, come share it with one of us. We'd love to hear your story. But I invite you to pause and pray with me now. Lord Jesus, we confess that you are Lord of our life. We declare that you and you alone can bring life to the full. We confess that we're unable to do this on our own. It is because of the, your work on the cross that we can ask you to forgive us of our sins. It is because of the power 
that is in your resurrection, we can receive the gift of eternal life and life to the full that you are offering us now. Jesus, be Lord of our life. Amen. Again, today we celebrate so many of the amazing ways that God has touched us and met us. And if we had the time, we could all hear so many different stories. And maybe after the service, you want to share some of those stories with people around you. Again, today we recognize that Jesus brings life to the full, that he has overcome the power of death and all the fullness of evil, that he meets us in the places where we are broken and brings healing, that he moves forward in the places where we feel isolated and lost and includes us within the process of his community, that he meets us in all of the hard places of our lives to bring hope and strength and capacity to move forward. He moves us from fear into a place of peace. He gives us guidance and confidence and direction to move forward. Jesus has done and he continues to do so many great things. We also recognize today that there are so many places that are not yet as they ought to be. So many moments of our lives and spaces where we are still walking in brokenness or pain or uncertainty or sickness. So many places where we need Jesus to come and to move and to produce this abundant life in us. And so as we sing these next couple of songs, what I want to encourage you to do is just take the time to bring the areas that are still not yet as they ought to be into the hands of Jesus. Again, maybe you want to sing these next two songs out boldly as a powerful declaration of faith that you trust him, that he will do amazing things in these particular parts of your life. And maybe you want to just take a moment to just pray and offer these things to Jesus. Let's continue to celebrate and bring to Jesus the areas where we still need the fullness of life that he offers to us.